Adam Jamal. And I'm Harris Schroeder. That is right. I have been watching so much Oregon Ducks football just over and over and over again. You watch that one game on repeat, eh? I watch that game on repeat. I watch other older games on repeat. I've been doing so much damn things. Um, I love it. I love it's it. It's been fun. It's been a good. It's been a good season. Am I right? Yeah, you know, it uh hmm, I don't know. I don't like your tone, but let's hear it. It felt like possibly we had a something it felt flukish. Oh, but this now game. it feels like oh, oh, okay, yeah. Now it feels like huh. Huh. Well We're put. <laughs> well put, man. The <laughs> questions I have because you know, as it, as every faithful listener knows i do not try to keep up with this game i watch the game and then that's all i do you were dragged through the game so i have to ask the injuries that happened Mm -hmm. are they serious are they are they um you know what i mean does that make sense are we is anybody gonna be out next week we'll get into that or or speculation anyways in a bit. Um, I got some news I just want to cover. General Duck news. Now, we're going to oh, get great. into women's basketball, actually. We got some spicy takes. May make some, some Duck fans angry. It's we are nothing not, they've uh, never heard come out of my mouth before. Well, definitely. Well, I don't know about that. It's, it's definitely hotter takes than we usually have, except for Aaron's <laughs> I hate Justin Herbert take. I mean, I'll never get that one. That makes no sense. But um, yeah, so he that's lost. Up. <laughs> That'll be coming up later. Um, we, as you want to talk preview. Seahawks football, baby? I'm here. Let's do it. Uh, as a preview, actually, it's pretty fun, isn't it? Uh, as a but. preview of our Quacksitball series over on our Patreon, the Quack Twelve Patreon, in which you can help this humble but growing podcast. Uh, expand with a measly five dollars a month and you get so much good content out of that but so we'll we'll get into women's basketball in a bit but we got some news here some heartbreaking news honestly just break it right off the top Sedona Prince out for the season uh, right I, I mean done with women's college basketball which right we'll get into a little bit later um and I mean, again, good for her, best for whatever. Go best check for her. it out on our new show, Quack Skipball. It's yeah, Quack maybe Skipball. the best show we've ever put together. Yeah, and coming up. Uh, but we actually another player left in Oregon squad, and that is Seven McGee. Seven McGee, what? Seven McGon. Yeah. And whenever a player decides not to be a duck, first of all, you're always a duck. As long as you want to be a duck, and you were a duck at one point, hey. You know, like if Travis Dye still claims to be a duck, he who's to say he's not? You know, even though he's killing it for USC. Me, I'm Aaron, to say he's not. He's not. Aaron says he's a traitor. If you don't no, I didn't say career. he's a traitor. He's just not a duck. <laughs> he's not. A, I mean, he's not a duck right now. That's just a fact. I mean, but you know, no hard. When he goes to the NFL, mm-hmm. when he goes to the NFL, what school is going to come out of his mouth? Game. That's one? the thing. If he says Oregon, though, would you say he's a duck at that point? 
Yeah, I would say he's a duck if he says Oregon. That's a but huge. He's not moment. gonna say Oregon. That's be- that's gonna become a bigger and bigger moment, I think, in the future for in the NFL games when you claim your school because there's so much more transfers. It's like, well, if you did a grad transfer thing and you loved yeah. your program, but you were gonna yeah. be a starter somewhere else, it's like, where do you claim? But anyways, Seven McGee will definitely not be claiming Oregon, most likely. Um, I mean, obviously, he was a player that we were very excited about from the beginning. Strangely enough, I had even seen him in like all those like uh, events, like like those practices while he was still a recruit and open practices and stuff at, at Autzen. So I had actually, I and I'm not really a recruit guy, so that's pretty rare that I had clocked him that early. And his name was Seven. Let's yeah. Real. And he finally got to wear that Seven, and he was like, "Okay, now I'm done." But uh, it's, I'm sure it's just a playing time, or um, it's probably just a fit thing. He's going to go, and he's going to be great somewhere else, so power to him. Oh, man. man. Yeah, I know. I mean, okay, so, yeah, like he that, wasn't really that. He wasn't we, really, I mean, I don't know how integral he was into the whole play of everything, but. Integral, I would say seemingly not that much. I mean, the okay. idea was he was going to be the speedster we were going to be able to use, but Chris Hudson and, and others. People I mean, showed Jaylen up. Jalen Red at the time. Yeah. Okay. There was either already someone in the position or people were showing up. You know? Well, it's still concerning nonetheless. Yeah. You uh, hate to have a the... team broken up. You know, there was he was connected to those other players in unique and fascinating ways that oh, sure. we'll never understand. And we Thanks, may yeah. end up seeing on the field. Who knows? You never know. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Maybe um, it'll just get better. Who knows? <laughs> I'll tell you this. It's Maybe we're like... indestructible, Adam. Who knows? Maybe we're full on God mode fucking super Saiyan over here. I mean, it's starting to look like it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this is, like, the good kind of transfers where it's, like, even though they're a talented person, they're transferring away because they're not getting quite the playing time they want. Right. It's for – yeah. Because other talented players are, are getting it and are getting the position behind them and such. So, yep. you know, compared to maybe Kelly Graves, who had five five-stars. Uh, you know, um, I'm just going to say – class, four of them transferred away. It's lucky now that he can transfer and uh, also still be able to make yeah. financial opportunities. Sure. And immediately play So if he can else. go be a star somewhere that yeah. it comes along with the financial benefits of elevating, then fucking A, go do it. He could go for Texas and be um, go play for seven win Sarkeesian. Seven McGee, seven one Sarkeesian. Let's bring in, uh, I mean, I think that's a good joke. Let's ask our guest if he thought that was a good joke. Okay. Okay, and our guest, once again, are really, we got to think of a better time. Our resident film reviewer of Addicted to Quack. Our, there we our, go. Our co-host. Co-host, our third, co- yeah. our second co-host. I don't know. The third Our right on time, every time, number one guy, yeah. it's Hithla Day. How you doing, Hithla Day? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great, buddy, because um, the Ducks won, and it was it was nice because it was like it felt a little off, and it was still an absolute ass-kicking. What else more can mm. you ask, you know? Oh, yeah, that was going to be my statement. Basically that, well, yeah. There's, a little. Like, there's four plays in this game that they all happen early. They're all 
improbable or lucky or unlucky is maybe not the right word, but just like if you look at the fundamental stats, they don't really happen for the rest of the game. Uh, And so therefore, you know, they're unusual events, but they all happen early. And so it affects the game flow. Mm -hmm. And it it means that the game, you know, on the fundamentals, this game should have been over by the end of the second quarter. Exactly. But it wasn't. It it wasn't over until the beginning of the fourth quarter. And the reason is those four plays happen, which, you know, they plays like them don't happen for the rest of the game. And so, you know, it's just sort of weird that they happened early. Is um, it and the, understand and, is and early and 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 so because of the nature of linear time, things that happen early affect, you know, the flow of subsequent events. So the those four plays in question are the two tough drops by uh uh Oregon's, you know, often Chris Hudson on that bomb that probably would have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um the Franklin one where you know bounces off his hands on the goal line somehow a cal defender comes up with it you know both of those probably take 14 points off the board for oregon yeah and then the two deep shots that cal hits which are the only like long passes that they hit you know Mm -hmm. or really basically any successful plays that they have you know during the entire game but they're huge they represent like 40 percent of their those two plays alone i'm trying to remember was it against were both against gonzalez no one was against gonzalez and the other was against manning um and on both of them um the the coverage is good you know the 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 cornerback is right there running with him in fact arguably manning gets a push off against him mm-hmm. um but it, we, even if you don't believe in the refs you know screwed up on that play the fact that he's close enough that the receiver can do that you know demonstrate it's good coverage it's just the ball is perfectly placed and okay. like I mean, I tried to tell everybody, like, if anybody read my article on Friday, people don't read my Cal previews for some reason. I've noticed <laughs> this. Like, it's always the least read uh, of my preview articles. Well, because imagine being a Cal fan, Hithliday, and then being yeah, like, I oh, I like watching my football team, except how much they suck for the past, you know, like, years or so. And then it's like, oh, we got this guy, like, hey, hey, let me really dissect you know, uh, <laughs> like the, you're, you're like a mortician I mean, like no 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 kid let me show you really how your grandma died over here i mean That's yeah i know well, it was rob wong's line that like you know on their slack channel or, or discord channel for right for cal they're like oh it's time for hit the terrace apart yeah the boogeyman mm. of strawberry canyon i how love fun. it <laughs> but like i tried to warn everybody that was like you know the first video in my preview article of cal was four different clips of four different games of uh, Jack Plummer hitting very pretty long bombs in which he places the ball perfectly. It's like the only thing that Cal has going for him mm-hmm. is that. And so, like the fact that he he hit a couple of them in this game was not a surprise to me. The fact that they happened early and therefore resulted in Cal getting ten points, which you then combine with Oregon having fourteen points taken off the board by their two, mm-hmm. you know, past game mistakes. Uh, you know that that adds up to to a 24 point swing in cal's direction that if those events hadn't occurred or if they had been more like distributed throughout the game instead of all happening within like a five minute span of the first quarter Mm -hmm. um it probably wouldn't have affected the game flow as much and the game probably would have been over you know end of the second quarter beginning of the third you know early in the third quarter but they did all happen early and so aaron your point is true like simply because those events occurred early it affected you know the flow of the rest of the game so like one example of how it affected the flow of the rest of the game is that um cal's defensive structure 
will let you have efficiency runs. Like they'll let you have like four or five yards a run every single time, but they never let you get more than that. Um, and actually in this game, it was more like they had a bunch of stuffs and they gave a bunch of nine yard runs, but like, <laughs> uh, you know, it averages to about four and a half and it was very rarely over. In fact, I think their longest two runs were both like 12 yards. You know, mm. they, they were not explosive runs and that's Cal's defensive structure. Nobody gets explosive runs against Cal. It just doesn't happen. It's just like the nature of their defense, but they will allow you to do efficiency runs. And so, and we know that Oregon loves doing efficiency running and we yeah. know that they love shutting down games, doing it like against UCLA the week before this game, they opened up the third quarter with a seven and a half <laughs> minute long drive in which they right. ran the ball 12 Beautiful. times. Um, and they were like, UCLA, you are you stopping us from explosive rushing? Fine. It just means we get to eat more time off the clock before we <laughs> score this touchdown. But like, so even though Oregon probably had the ability to do that in this game, because Cal wasn't any better at stopping efficiency runs than UCLA or any other team was. Oregon didn't want to use that because you shouldn't use that. You shouldn't pull that arrow out of your quiver unless you're up by, you know, three or four scores and you want the game to be, you know, shut down. And so since that didn't happen until late in the game, you know, Oregon wasn't able to pull that quiver, you know, that, that arrow out of their quiver. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Hithley, quickly, I, I almost forgot to ask you, what did you think about my joke about Seven McGee going to Texas to play for Seven Wins? Seven Steve Wins Sarkeesian. Um, it's not a good joke, but it, the, hmm. uh, you know, qua, you know, humor. However, it does remind us of a Washington coach's failure to succeed in Seattle, which is always welcome. So true. I, I disagree. I think it was a good joke. But um, uh. today, I wanted to. So. Uh, one thing that people, Duck fans, are really starting to look at, and you definitely should, is, um, you know, whatever most people deem garbage time, which is probably mm -hmm. a little later than sometimes what you would call it, but definitely. Well, some people's definition of garbage time is the stuff that's like just truly, yeah. you know, kneel downs, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know, or, or, you know, throwing a Hail Mary, the very end of the, mm -hmm. the you know, yeah. stuff like that. And I, I'm a little more expansive, you know, and maybe I shouldn't use the term garbage time because it may be a little confusing. Because a little loaded. Yeah. You, yeah. You got to sure. think about but, like. Yeah. I've been trying to transition meaningful to the term like time, meaningful almost. play versus yeah. non-meaningful play or representative play. Because that's the other thing. It's like you can score points during time that I'm ultimately going to exclude because I'm excluding because it's it's not representative play. It's like a mm -hmm. clock killer drive or a desperation drive or, yeah. a, you know, that sort of thing. Or you, you can know, even I, be I, like I, the backup quarterback comes in and this quarterback was a punter one right. week ago and truly the, the well, team just died. <laughs> you know, I try to make those adjustments. And, and the reason is that the, the purpose of gathering these stats is not to explain how any particular game went down you know how that game went down you watched it and you can look at the scoreboard mm -hmm. the purpose of me gathering these stats is to make predictions is to understand fundamental strengths about a team about oregon and its opponents and to make predictions about how matchup advantages might go um you know strengths on strengths weak strengths on weaknesses that sort of thing for and if you're going to do that you have to only be looking at representative play right uh, but i was uh, about to say uh, even for you know like all of us just watching it on saturday um and for us who have the definition of garbage time is like i'm a duck fan when i'm watching this duck game at home when do i start reaching for the remote to be like 
I'm mm-hmm. gonna watch a little bit of this other game because uh, this 35 game is no more. When yeah, exactly. It on the outside, exactly something yeah. like that. Now, uh, around that time, um, like like Jeff Schwartz, uh, Jeff Schwartz had a really good uh, tweet where he said, like, in a lot of these blowouts, that's when you're seeing really Oregon's defense is giving up a lot of points. Like in BYU, you know, there was like a 13, you could say, like sure. garbage points given, 17 against Stanford, 14 against you. Like it, it really stacks up. I wanted to know when we start to kind of transition into like this game is kind of getting out of hand, how much of the defense are you noticing transitioning into like, okay, quote unquote B squad is coming out is it like oh, little trinkets um, like here and there is it different every kind of game mm-hmm. or it, no, does there seem to be a whole this team, shift for this team this year it it's a it's a wholesale they well not on the defensive line um because they're everybody who can play on the defensive line is playing in the normal rotation mm-hmm. that's just it's just how they're operating. And it. we can get into um, injuries a little bit. I just wanted to put a little pin in it because Aaron brought that up and I wanted to just a little yeah, roll. I mean, there are, later. there's a couple, you know, like Popo Amavai yeah. is out for the season. Taimani is out for this game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so, and just like, you know, the way that Oregon's been developing these players, like if you are capable of playing right now, you mm-hmm. are playing in the normal rotation. But the other positions, so inside linebacker and the secondary, um Oregon has been there's very clearly a developmental squad um you know so some the the true freshmen at ILB um some of the guy like uh, uh Damon David you know number 12 for example in the secondary mm-hmm. one one of the, uh, the, the Oregon in this game gives up a um a fourth down conversion during garbage time the guy yeah. who's supposed to be defending in is Damon David Damon David doesn't come in until you know it, like he hasn't played any non-garbage time reps this year mm-hmm. so like it's it's actually fairly clear to 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 figure out when oregon's defense has switched to its developmental guys um yes that's that it's not like a slow replacement it's like it, they put in the developmental squad um at inside linebacker in the secondary and and like obviously if you know anything about college football and stuff like that this is a good thing this is something that a coach oh, yeah. should be They're slapped developing. on the back it's, yeah yeah like yeah the developmental squad gets development time and yeah like, i love it putting putting teams this is one of the big benefits of putting teams into garbage time is like free reps for your kiddos yeah it's great and i like to believe that Bonix playing like you know maybe a drive more than a lot of people would think necessarily mm-hmm. is is hey we're doing Heisman stat it could be baby uh, like, I don't know I'm I mean, not that's what I'm well, gonna say because that's the nice thing to say I'll leave it at that he definitely will run when I'm sometimes like you should maybe stop running right now <laughs> well then his, his his fellow players are being like no keep going keep going Bo Bo is, is I just get so scared quarterbacks out. getting hurt. No, I get it. I mean, he's wearing number 10, too. It's, yeah. you, you, we've seen it before. Dude, Bo is – I mean, there's only so much you can say. So like, yeah. he's, he's making some great decisions out there. The yeah, two interceptions were not his fault. Like, yeah, neither of them. Yeah, exactly. And one of them doesn't even matter. Like that, that, yeah, Hail Mary. That, that Hail Mary one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, yeah, the one that bounced off of Franklin's hands. I mean, like, it's, it, it was it was a perfectly placed pass. It was the correct throw given the coverage. You mm-hmm. know, it would have been a first down on the goal line. It was like everything was right. But just like and Frank, it's not like Franklin's a 
a bad receiver, you no, know, oh, you got you good hands, known, though, that like, yeah, that, that would have bounced off his hands. Like, why are you throwing to the guy who always drops the ball? You know, it's like, no, that's not the case either. Yeah, yeah, it's just like it was an unfortunate thing that happened. Just like that bomb to to Hudson was like perfectly placed bomb that hit him in both hands. And Hudson's like a very sure handed receiver. And he's just like he juggles it. It's just like, what happened there? It's like they're very low probability events. But like, you Absolutely. know, you, you run the simulation out long enough. Yeah, well, and and yeah, it, it's been really amazing. Um, really lost track because I was just thinking about that dropped pass. But overall, it's been good. And I mean, it's I think we're trying to. A lot of fans are probably trying to break themselves of being so quick reactionary when things are looking a little stalled because we're used to maybe some Cristobal offensives mm. that weren't as efficient. Like weren't gonna get it eventually. Like like stalling in the red zone wasn't like oh well that's gonna be the last chance we see for a little while well i gotta say i I mean things are going well i mean i have been uh, there's been a couple of games now where i've really appreciated dillingham's um like play sequencing as sort of Mm -hmm. like an advanced offensive coordinator trait that i wasn't really expecting out of a a, a guy that young um and this you know, early in his career as a play caller, and clearly um, getting know, him national attention, like yeah, very obviously. maybe too much attention. I <laughs> like, do not like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Pat Kilkenny. You know, please uh, get yeah. secure the bag. He's um, going to I, Auburn. He's going to Arizona State. Yeah, but hmm. like in this game, there's you know, I put out a couple of tweets in it. You know, and I published my article this morning uh, as well um, with you know a bunch of examples of it. But like, okay, so Cal's defensive structure in this game. Well, or really all their games. Uh, they let you have efficiency running, but Oregon didn't want to efficiency run because they hadn't put the game away yet. They don't let you have explosion running. They just don't. And, you know, Oregon wasn't banking on it as well. They might not like they didn't try to force that square uh, peg into a round hole. I guess that's good. Um, and actually, for the first time this entire season, they did not put their run game front and center as like the money maker part of the offense. Um, instead, what they were using it for was to set up passing plays um, and to sort of sequence, you know, certain plays, like get the defense to think it's one thing and then, you know, get something big off of the, the next thing when they overreact to it. Um and furthermore, the other thing about Cal's defense is that they try to take away deep shots. They sort of back out all their safeties. And so you can't hit like, you know, long. Th- and when I say deep shots, I mean, like through the air, it's it's traveling mm. a long distance. Like they right. basically try to keep you from doing that. So it's like, OK, hold on. They're not letting me have explosive rushing. They're not letting me have or they will let me have efficiency running. But I, I can't do that yet. Uh, they're not letting me have uh, deep passing. What the hell do I get to do in this game? And Kenny Dillingham's answer was pretty interesting thing it was okay we're going to do short passing because they're going to let us have short passing and cal's usually like okay we'll let you have short passing too but like i figure you you're not going to dink and dunk your way down the field like eventually you'll make a mistake and dillingham was like we'll dink and dunk but i tell you what we'll um manipulate your defense in certain ways and this is this is where this is get it's difficult to explain on a podcast but like read my article it's got a bunch of videos explaining all of this <laughs> it's on addicted to quack this morning it's called duct tape uh and um where it's like he uses one play to get the defense to do something and then like and so then when they hit a short pass you know it, 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 yeah it only the ball only travels through the air like five yards but then the dude is able to turn downfield and run for another 20 yards uh 
you know, you know, or like a receiver, you know, gets to turn into a block. Cause once the ball is, is caught, you can start blocking again. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the receiver or like the running back who's out running a route, you know, it's, you know, the, the, the puny little cornerback who's, who's covering him. It's like, Oh no, actually you thought I was running a route, but actually my job is to hit you and I'm built right. like a badger and you're built like a spider. Wow. And so I get to plow into you. You know, I didn't like, even pick up on that. That was happening, but yeah, I was, yeah, there was so much of that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it happened to, like basically all of Oregon's you know, passing offense, which was most of their offense in this game, were plays just like that. They were relatively short passes, but a, you know, in in a way that sort of manipulated the defense to give them big areas to run into and with blockers right. ahead of them, so that that's how they were getting their explosive plays. Holy shit! And it's, and it's what a genius! Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to use that word, but like it was definitely cleverer play calling than much of what I see in the Pac-12. And he yeah. has a lot of talent to help him do that, too, yeah. I guess. More and than it's being pulled off by a quarter by a veteran quarterback who's sure. like all like who's having the coziest Woo! time in the pocket Woo! in his entire career, but also is able to escape pockets when they collapse. And not only like, escape, but like full on pick up good yardage a lot. Yeah. Time. So you combine all of these things, like a great offensive line, a great quarterback, a great uh, deal of skill, talent, and an offensive coordinator who knows how to use these tools and doesn't do, you know, isn't stubborn, you know, doesn't, yeah. doesn't try to do just one thing, you know, and if it's not working, well, it's the only thing I know to do, so I'm going to keep doing it. Or, you know, like, I know the defense Fuck. tries to take that away, but I'm going to try to do it anyway to impose my will. Like, he's a good offensive coordinator in that sense. Like, he designs a game plan that's that's going to maximize what you can do given your your matchup advantages and strengths versus, versus weaknesses. Man. Like, you combine all those things, you know, good luck. Good luck stopping that offense, you know, and most of the Pac-12 defenses that you face, like, are just not very good. And so, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you combine all those things with, you know, defenses that aren't, that, that aren't particularly talented. Yeah, you, just, you, so, you get 41 plus points scored every game. So is he manipulating plays that the players already are running the routes so they're not getting tripped up of what their new job is? Is, no, you're not going to catch the ball. You're going to block. Well, they or is they he already, like, I mean, they've been doing that since they were in Pop Warner. Them. Like, it's more like getting the defense to think it's one thing, and then it's something else. Um, so, like, there's a there's a three play su- sequence that I tweeted out, and it's three. And when I say sequence, I mean it's back to back to back to three plays where Oregon uses basically the same formation. It's a two running back formation, um, and and Oregon had shown that on film before and the previous times they showed it on film, they line up with the two running backs. And so, you know, the first play running back a will run out and be the lead blocker and running back B will run behind him with the ball. And so the lead blocker will like, you know, knock out some dude and, and the, <laughs> the, the guy with the ball gets to get a nice run. And then the next time they would run that play, it'd be the same formation, but the play would go the other way. So now the, the second running back would now be the blocker who was the ball carrier in the previous play 
and the the other running back who was the blocker in the previous play is now the ball carrier and, and so it's like <laughs> haha you know we can go either way and either one of these guys can be blockers and so the defense has to react in a certain way so oregon I, does that in yeah. this game right they go you know run you know one way then they run a blocking you know then same personnel run a blocking a totally different blocking scene the first time was zone the second time's power um and so now the defense is starting to creep down you know on the run a little bit and they're expecting you know oh it's going to be an outside run this way it's going to be an outside run this way so then they line up in the same formation on the third play they've gotten you know they got six yards the first time they got another like I think seven yards the second time so now it's you know first down again so now they run the one dude out like it's a you know big wheel route and so all the defense goes and chases that guy right and uh, other parts of the defense are now retreating to and in the opposite direction it was great like look at that tweet it's really cool but the inside linebacker and the safety not only run backwards but they run backwards and diagonally away from the guy who's ultimately going to catch the ball the second running back is now running the same wheel route as the first guy did but like three seconds later but there's no defenders around him. All of the defense has backed out because what does Cal do, right? Whole, Cal's whole defensive structure is back out the defense, stop the deep shots, right? So now you've cleared all these defenders out. The play is taking a long time to develop, but that's fine because Oregon's offensive line is really good. Cal's, you know, d- defensive friend is not getting home on mm-hmm. Bone Nicks at all. And so he finally just throws the little wheel route to the second running back and there's nobody around him for 30 yards. Yeah. And so that running back, I think it's Sean dollars gets to run for like 30 yards on, on what is a, a pass that travels like three yards through the air. Uh, and it's like that it's that over and over and over again in this game where it's like, wow. you know, a, a little thing here, a little thing there, manipulate the defense, get them to think it's this. And then kaboom, with a short pass that goes big, which has not really been Oregon style throughout this year. Um, You know, they're mostly in previous games, they were getting their deep shots out of deep shot, or they were getting their explosive passing out of deep shots, you know, to wit. Mm -hmm. Their rushing game would be so effective that the opposing defense would start bringing the safeties down to the box to help, right? Like the guys who play the farthest back in the defensive structure, they're called safeties for a reason. They're like, if everything else goes wrong, this guy's going to prevent, you know, the, the, the ball. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the receiver from getting a touchdown. There's like, oh man, we're getting killed by the run. So we got to bring these safeties down to the box to help stop the run. And so now there's nobody over the top. And now Oregon says, well, now it's just, you know, without any safety help, it's just a one-on-one between my super fast receiver and your okay cornerback because this mm-hmm. is the Pac-12. And it's like, <laughs> I can hit that shot. And so we saw it over and over again against cover zero that they'd hit these deep shots to, you know, Chris Hudson and Troy Franklin and Mm -hmm. other receivers where they get big, you know, big plays that way. So that's like the running game setting up the deep passing game. We didn't see that in this game, you know, hardly ever. There's really only one play that Oregon tried it, which was the Chris Hudson pass that he dropped, you know, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, I don't. I don't think that had anything to do with anything. It was just an unfortunate thing that happened. But yeah. like, I just bring it up to, to say Oregon wasn't really trying that. What Oregon instead was trying was short passes that would go big through defensive manipulation, which as a film reviewer is like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's I can so really sexy. That's yeah. amazing. Meanwhile, let's say um, kind of what happened last year with Moorhead, something different, let's say, but like, Dillingham, you know, has some diarrhea. Can't make it to the Colorado game. Oh boy. We ha- we don't have an offensive coordinator. I still think we beat 
Colorado next week by two touchdowns. Because I think literally we we can just go back to, hey, let's get like nine yards on the ground per touch. All right. I, I just finished charting Colorado. I can tell you a little something about them. Yeah, I would say, will Colorado's a better team than you think it is? Like okay. they're one in seven right now. The, um, but you have to remember because remember when we talked to Jack Barsh over the summer and we noted that they had the craziest out of conference schedule in the universe. They played yeah. TCU, an undefeated team, and like maybe going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they played Air Force at Air Force, and that team's probably going to win the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. And they played Minnesota in Minnesota, which is like, <laughs> that's a really good team. And, and Colorado is a bad match for them. Um, uh, and uh, uh, Colorado's offensive coordinator at the time, now interim head coach, used to be Colorado's offensive coordinator. So if you thought Dan Lanning going against Georgia was bad because, <laughs> you know, Georgia knew all of Dan Lanning's passwords. Well, mm. you know, so maybe something comparable there. So like and then on top of that. They fire their coach, they fire their defensive coordinator, and they've been going through three different quarterbacks, um, each hmm. of whom has like different strengths. Um, and frankly, I think they're making a mistake. They should be playing the true freshman Owen McCown based on the numbers. But regardless, um, regardless, don't like, worry, they'll switch to him when they play. Off, yeah, know, no doubt. No doubt. Well, one of them's transferred out, so you know, probably oh, okay. not going to see Brendan Lewis. But like, they might switch to McCown. Like, he does have better numbers. Um, but anyway, um. Uh, like, and on top of that, from from reviewing their film, like I've watched all eight of their games. Like they didn't play an FCS team. Um, it, like you know, so I've watched all, all all eight of their games. Crazy stuff happens during their games. <laughs> um, like at a much higher rate. Like they they've had a much higher bad luck rate than a lot of teams that I watch. And so, like, you know, it's a one in seven team. But I think if they had a normal season. I think if they played a normal non-conference slate that had like a bad G5 team and like an FCS cupcake on it, mm-hmm. and I think they hadn't fired their coach, and if they identified their QB and just stuck with them the whole season, and they had like normal things happening instead of like fumbles go backwards for 40 yards, you yeah. know, stuff happening every Wow, game. really? In other words, mm-hmm. yeah, man, like it's crazy. Like I, it's absolutely, I'm like nobody watches this team except for Colorado fans and Colorado fans are like suffering through it. I'm like the only human being in the universe who's watched all eight Colorado games. Who's not a Colorado fan or yeah. a coach of a team that's about to play them. And so like, I am like the only person who actually got to enjoy this wild roller coaster okay. of Colorado's <laughs> season. Um, Cause nobody else bothered watching them. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've watched, I haven't watched every single game, but I've definitely watched some, like I watched their win over Cal Meanwhile, yeah. Alabama versus Tennessee was going on, I think. I mean, I yeah, I had it on. I'm a sicko, I had, too. I, I mean, I have, like, four screens that I watch football yeah. on a Saturday, but they got <laughs> one of them. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, I think if they had a normal season, like, you took this exact team and this exact coaching staff, but you gave them a normal season in all the ways that I've detailed this has been an unusual season for Colorado, yeah. I think they'd be more like a three and five team or maybe a four and four team if they got some lucky bounces or maybe two and six if they had some unlucky bounces. But like, yeah, somewhere in that range with like three and five is the median. Um, like it's not 
like thinking of this team is like this it's an absolute joke team that can't do anything right like no it's not it's a better team than that it's not a great team and so i don't really worry about oregon in this game because oregon has been pretty reliably dispatching teams that aren't great you know this this season and i'm not saying oregon's an upset alert or anything but just like the idea that this is a cupcake team that oregon ought to you know it ought to be 28 to 0 5 minutes into the game and if it's not you ought to panic you know like right nah, you know that's not that's not this team i get you now um we're gonna about to go to a, a commercial break here and when we get back we will hop into a patreon preview actually aaron and i had a discussion it's gonna get you some of you a little uh, hot under the collar about Oregon women's basketball. So some of you think we're a little doomsday, uh, or you know, like like calling for the end of the world here. We think we're being just reasonable observers, but uh, so is, we'll be hopping into that after the commercial. And is then it uh, shorter or longer than the four minute double indemnity <laughs> sketch that y'all do in the middle of every podcast? It's longer but it feels shorter I yeah think. yeah um but perfectly of put. which hey speaking of which let's hop into it right now hey podcast listener hey come you. over here come yeah. over here get over here yeah. huh? nice headphones you got in here oh yeah i like those chevy be a shame if something were to happen to those headphones eh? Stomped them on the ground, eh? Be real easy to avoid that smashing if you went over to the Quack12 Twitter account and gave us a little follow. Just a little follow, that's all we're asking. And hey, look at that. I hear you listening to your new podcast apps in your car, huh? Driving home, making the long journey feel a little shorter, eh? Is that what he's doing there, bud? (laughs) Yeah, turning your three-hour drive into a nice little vacation, huh? be a shame if your car ended up on the bottom of a lake splash splash maybe with you in the trunk of it huh glug glug guzzle guzzle maybe all that can be avoided with a little trip to the quack 12 page on apple podcast all you got to do is go to apple podcast quack 12 give us five stars yeah the internet you got it bud Five stars. Leave us a little comment. Help other people find it. Maybe it'll help people find you when they find out that you're gone missing. If you catch my drift. You seen the posters on the telephone poles? Yeah, those are those are people that didn't give us fucking five stars. Some of them did, and we did it anyways. And then uh, you know what? Uh, oh hey, hey look at look at this podcast listen. On their long inner inner uh, continental flight, making things not so bad. Not wanting to hear that baby wah, by covering wah. it up. Wah wah, so they say. Putting on them headphones, trying to get the sky waitress's attention. Get over here! Give me more of that Quack Twelve podcast. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, you want some more of that Quack Twelve podcast, don't you? Yeah. You want to buy some more from us, don't you? Get it. Get Otherwise, it. you know, because if you don't buy this Quack 12 podcast insurance, you never know when your plane's going to go straight down into the water, into the old Atlantic, Flash. never to be seen again. 
glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. In case you don't want to be part of the rock and roller club of the bottom of the fucking ocean, then I recommend you go to the Quack 12 Patreon. Come on, come on. Why don't you go to the Quack 12 Patreon, give us five smackaroos, and for that we can forget about the whole nasty business have you on your way. Forget about it. We'll forget about it, all right? Five measly dollars. That's all I got. Now listen up, punk. Because it looks like you're not seeing so good right now. My boss is talking to you, chump. Aren't you chump? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, let him, let him go, Mikey. Let him go. In the bottom of the fucking ocean. Ayo! Quack, quack. Y'all know what time it is. (laughs) That is right. It's Quacks It Ball O'Clock. We love 90s hip hop. We love Quacks Ball. It's our favorite sport. Mainly because we like the way they dribble up and down the court. Um, and we love the ducks. And so yeah, this, my friend, mm, is a half an hour show in which we break it all down for you. Break it all down. All <laughs> of basketball in 30 minutes. First 30 off, minutes. lesson one, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Pretty good. Lesson all two, of- Kobe. Lesson three, LeBron. No, really, it's all about we are very afraid, okay? We're very afraid um, of duck basketball collapsing at all moments, but we can't cover it. Okay, we can't cover it on the main feed because we're too busy with duck football. <clears throat> it, that's a whole. That's an hour and a half show easy. It's like two shows and, a week. We could we could go ten I mean, hours. Come on. A week. It's also double the amount. I mean, geez, the amount of content. It's like you've got two teams, mm-hmm. three games a week, or something like this. Mm-hmm. Two games a week, maybe. Ugh. We have little four breaks. games a week. Our oh, are too Adam, small. what are we? <laughs> what are we kidding? And we can't cover all that. We it can't cover show. So we had to punt. We had to give our own show, and that is Quacks Ball, as we were saying. So this is just going to be once we hit into like Pac-12 play, that then it'll start going on the main feed for all the yep. you know all the losers that aren't Quackies that aren't Patreon followers. Yeah, babe. Yeah, babe. We don't like them as much. Let's be real. We hate them, Facts. honestly. We the hate word. our fans that aren't quackies. Facts. Quacks. Quacks, quacks. Quacks a ball. Um, so this will just be, you know, this is a little half an hour, little uh, running up down the court. This is a, I don't even know what drill that is. Clearly, we're not huge basketball aficionados, but I know no. about these teams. I'm keeping an eye on these teams. Sabrina Ionescu. She's not on the team. Tabali. Yes. These, these are, are names. <laughs> these are names. They're great names. No Sabali on the team this year. Um, nope. Aaron, should we go right into women's basketball? I would love to start with women's basketball. I am horrified. I am horrified at what's happening. Can I tell you? I'm hitting like full on panic alarm for women's basketball. Can I make my case? Go for it. I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Okay. Now, this is the first time I've 
ever really felt this way. Even like, let's say like during football, which we're paying more attention to, you know, um, like I never was like fire Mar Mario Cristobal. I never was really like fire Mark Helfrich, even when it was actually probably smart. We saw for them to go basketball. I've always been the same too, especially Dane Altman. He's been there forever, seemingly, you know, and I've never rooted against him. He's, he's a really great coach. Kelly Graves, I've also felt that way, but as of recently, Aaron, I'm afraid he is a coach that got so much credit for having two generational players, including one of them being possibly the Adam, greatest women's basketball player of all time. Welcome to the club. Dude, you may have been. It's taken you a year and a half, but here we are. You see? Yeah. You see? You see? The doctor and, and me? I'm not rooting against him. I want him to have a great season, but I'm about to lay the case of what well, I think can be a rough season. Okay. Let me say it like this, maybe. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Let's get your thoughts first. Look, I want the Oregon Ducks to have a great season every season. Mm -hmm. What I'm always on the lookout for is the weakest link. <laughs> it has been my prerogative pretty much all of last season <laughs> that maybe that weakest link was in the coaching and mm. in the um in the in what Hithliday likes to say is the part you don't get to see what's going on in the locker rooms mm. and i think mm. he's maybe not uh the best person to be in charge makes sense by the way I realized something halfway through. Uh -oh. This is a very Adam move. So we were playing this out. Um, we were being like, okay, this is Quacksiball. This is a segment we'll put on Patreon. Great idea. And then it's Aaron going said, wide to YouTube. Yeah, yeah, Aaron said, we don't need the video, right? And I said, yeah, we don't need the video. And then I elected to go live on YouTube. Yeah. Why? Only, this is, but <laughs> luckily, this is on unlisted feed. So this is only for Patreon watchers, though. But Currently. this will be the only episode that you can see us do Quacksiball Live. So this is a special event now. I just wanted to mention that. Okay. You could watch this so, for some reason. We do look good. I will say that. I will Back agree. To I mean. You, you could watch this. I'll, I'll still I'll put the link in this. Just don't expect this in the future is all I'm saying. Quackies. And this is still a VIP thing, you know. We're not Don't showing skin or what anything. in the future. See, now uh, you're so far off. We were like <laughs> perfectly on this coaching. We really thing. were. We really but were. But then you brought it up, and now I need to know clarifications on what you've just said. Okay. But I'm uh, going to let it go. Don't expect video feed for future quacks at balls. Quackies. Well, I think the patrons should have them. I think the quackies should have video. All right. Well, now, okay, we'll get into this. In the, we'll talk the about scenes. this off the air. Aaron, here's this my case. This is going to be a fight. <laughs> Here is my case. Yeah, this is bad. I can see it in his oh, eyes. Geez. He is okay. not going to let this Sorry. go. Coaching this may, staff. Uh, this may tear apart the podcast, this fight coming up between us. But anyways, so it's not going to be about <laughs> whether Kelly Graves uh, is going in the right direction, though, because both of us are a little afraid that maybe he's not. I don't think he is. Here it is. Here's the I don't reason. Know. Well, first of all, this has nothing to do with Kelly Graves, this particular matter. I just think I think our team just needs a different kind of leader. I don't think it's nothing disparaging about him. Mm -hmm. 
I don't believe he is a negative person who is, you no. know, inflicting harm on people. But I don't think his style is meshing with the generation of talent we have. And I, think I think that's a really good way to put it. And I think what we need to do is to find that leader who can mesh with these new kids. I think he got lucky with really great players, so he didn't have to do too much leading because he could give that to the players. And Specifically then Yonescu. Yeah, and then focus on just big picture type things, I guess. But he doesn't have those, so he needs to be the leader. He's just not doing it correctly. I I, I kind of would have to agree with you. The lack of adjustment. I've got quotes from the man himself. And the main thing here is, like, I've had a taste of, I mean, we all in Eugene, all of us Duck basketball fans, have had a taste of an elite women's basketball team and how much engagement they had in this city. Like, I just, I want to go back to it. And if it's a matter of coaching, it's like, I want to throw money and get the absolute best women's basketball coach. And I'm not sure that is Kelly Graves. That's a hard bar to clear though, obviously. Yeah. Now, Aaron, Yeah. Um, huge news, first of all, with the team. Now we were talking about leaders. The clear leader going into this season was the one, the only Sedona Prince, who has led this team off and on the court. However, as of late, there's been some pretty terrible news. Oh, boy. Sedona Prince. What happened? Terrible news regarding certainly her Oregon career because, as ESPN printed here, Sedona Prince's elbow injury ends college career at Oregon. Now, I believe this is an elbow injury suffered the year previous. She was wondering. Yeah. She was wondering if she was going to play through it. Or the other option, which she's clearly gone for, is get off-season surgery, elect to heal up so that you can go pro. And it's absolutely the right decision. I'm always going to be like, hey, one wants to pay you money, and one wants to not pay you money. So you got to worry about that one. Women's basketball does not make money in college? No. No, 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 no. I mean, sponsorships, name and likeness? Do they not get a part of the name and likeness? They do, and I'm sure she has gotten There's just no money deal. From that. No, I'm and I'm sure she has. I haven't quite looked into it, um, but I'm I'm sure there is money there, but not as much as like a professional career as as to be expected, you know. But like, sure, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and she's probably just like a little, understandably, she's probably a little jaded on the whole women's college basketball experience. I'm sure she's loved a lot of it, but the other thing is like. You know, starting off with Texas, started her career there, got injured, transferred to Oregon. Then Texas was like, we aren't going to pay for any of those medical bills, um, which is messed up. And they wouldn't let Oregon pay for the medical bills. The that NCAA part is messed up. Such. That part is honestly the most messed up, especially when a college is ready to pay for it. Yeah. And then. Yeah, yeah, after- yeah. If somebody's like, we'll pay for it, then you go, OK, great. Well, I don't care. Yeah. Especially in a medical system where it's like. If you're injured, then you're just like you can be just screwed with medical debt, as we all know. Yeah. Uh, but then, so she's at Oregon. Also, there was that moment of you know, um, at the playoffs, uh, you know, at the big dance, she's showing off the disparity between weight rooms, you know, and and that was a big moment, obviously. And See, this is the part. She's a great leader, you know. 
And I could see why she's ready to be done with college basketball. Yeah. This is the part that I was kind of speaking to, which is that I wouldn't be surprised if a part of her stopping as well is Mm -hmm. because of um, ill communication with coaching staff. I mean, yeah, we're being a little speculative, but at the same time, I mean, hella, you have a point. You not ha- joke ourselves. We're we are saying wild yeah. shit with zero proof. <laughs> look at us. This is my brain just kind of working through. Viewers, you can see us, and we look like conspirators. I mean, the the settings we're in, we clearly are not trustworthy people. But Aaron, um, you also bring up a good point. <laughs> he looks great, y'all. Um. You also bring up a good point, though, because, I mean, there's been so many transfers away from the program. And obviously transfers is something you expect, even especially with very successful programs because people want starting time. But it has not been just that because there has been moments of, like, people in the system are clearly going to earn starting time and then they transfer away. And that is clearly because they do not want to be a part of this particular system for whatever reason. We had five, count them, five, five stars on this team. Four of them have transferred away to other teams. All Jeez. of those players would have received starting time. Bro, most that's likely, dark. Or, or serious time. Exactly. So I, I, don't, I don't think it's, you know, it is a little bit founded that maybe it's like, mm, I don't particularly even want to play in this system or with this staff. Yeah. Uh, that Again, a little speculative. But let us, so first of all, let us wish for, like, we love your prints. Complete right decision, whatever's best for you. You can tell, I mean, and she released Look, a statement. Like, she is heartbroken. She wanted to play. Yeah, but end of the day, real quick, end of the day, it is just a game. Remember that part. It was mm-hmm. designed for joy. It's a game. So if you're not having fun, think about how you need to s- s- change that situation. Yeah, and go to the next level where it becomes a little less of a game. It becomes a career, you know? So uh, power to you. Hey, I hey hope- no, no, no. Still a game. <laughs> hey, still Now a game. you just get paid to have fun. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And now, because Aaron- you made it to the top, that means you're good at it. So it's just like a cakewalk, really. Boom, baby. Aaron, Yo. Um, so when I get most afraid, by the way, I've realized looking at time and stuff like that, we are only getting to Oregon women's basketball this time. But, hey, that means we're going in say, depth. I think that's good. These are hour-long episodes. For real. <laughs> well, They're gonna I'm have moving to quick here. I love it too much. I love basketball. It's more exciting. Well, quacks it ball. Hey, it's coming up, baby. So when I get most afraid with a team, when I can kind of start smelling the garbage of a dumpster fire most is when you see the press and you'll see a puff piece, you know, a piece that's just like, Hey, I'm writing this for Oregon duck fans that want this to be good. Specifically women's basketball. There's a lot of reason why you want good intent towards those programs, especially on some like, "Mm, not terrible seasons, but a fall from grace, certainly, from where we were in the heyday. Hey, um, oh, these are not real eggs at the hotel kind of wake-up call. Yeah, <laughs> and so you'll get these puff pieces no matter what. But sometimes you can see, like, 
even behind the like veneer of like, oh, this is a really great team. Like, get excited, buy your season tickets. You can still see stuff that is freaking concerning. Now, I'm uh, the one that made me really think about this is in the Oregonian. There's a piece called Oregon's Kelly Graves hopes rigorous offseason inspection of program returns Ducks to women's basketball prominence. Now, that should be something that me and you, a Kelly Graves skeptic, are excited to hear, you know, some introspection. No. Uh, now, the Ducks won 20 games. I immediately go, bullshit. Yeah. Well, it's like there's always coach speech and stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's always like they're going to do an internal investigation. Usually it doesn't amount to anything. But if there is change... That is the first step. It usually doesn't mean anything. but So I was like, okay, let's look into it and see if I can find a juicy quote. Um, so the Ducks won 20 games. They finished tied for second in Pac-12 play, as we all remember this. We advanced to the NCAA tournament, but it still wasn't – it was not what we wanted. I think we can all say that. Um, <laughs> now, Kelly Graves said, being where we are as a program – I think there's that sense that we just assume that we're going to win, that we're going to do things. No, it's hard. I'm not sure we completely bought into the Oregon basketball program. Uh, this is a quote from last year, and I'd have to agree with that. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Great statement. He, yeah. Agreed. And then he goes, he even says this. It was unfulfilling at the end. I did not do a good job. I did not have a good season last year. I think we had the pieces I just didn't put them in the right place. What there am were I talking times... about over here? No, this is exactly this is what we're seeing. So it's kind of good. He's right. Like I was he's... saying this in real time. This poor mm -hmm. motherfucker was probably going through some shit at home, and I'm over here giving him a hard ass time about yeah. his coaching skills. And then he says there were times we weren't in sync, and that falls on me. So that is yeah. nice to see. Um, now we've got this transfers. Sounds like they're gonna do amazing. This is what it's coming down to, though. And this is what I want to circle for this team. What it's going to make or break, especially when you look at the fact that Sedona Prince is gone. We were building this team around having that inside. I mean, the goal is the only successful version we've seen of this team is Sabrina Ionescu as just an amazing point guard offensive threat. Even though she didn't play. I mean, she played everything, but she was clearly the leader. The ball was in her hands so often. Um, and when we were absolutely our best, she could play off ball. But, you know, she was the leader, you know, quick offensive threat. And then we had a big player in the paint, a la, you know, Ruthie Hebert, our absolute best. Or Sabali, um later on. And then Sedona Prince. Sedona Prince is now gone. So now, all of a sudden, we are actually pretty thin as far as the big presence in the paint. We are looking at, I'll tell you this, Filipina Che, who I did like a lot, but even Kelly Graves is saying, like, she is green. She has not played much this, like, she didn't play much last year because she was playing behind Sabali and Prince. Right. She's six foot eight. I mean, she's an amazing physical presence, but she literally just doesn't have much basketball. I don't know, like you know, like uh, knowledge right now. It, it's I'm sure it's gaining and stuff like that. But it is a it is a big risk that it's like okay, she's starter because behind her is a freshman. Granted, a really good freshman, five uh, four star, I believe, Kennedy Basham. She's six foot seven. So those that's our big inside presence. 
And that is great size, like we're saying. But we're definitely no longer the tall furs, per se. Six, seven? Six, seven. That is, that is huge. Does it? Oh. But... So it's like we got two players. One is a freshman, and one is got one year under her belt, but new to basketball itself. We're going to be relying on them for the inside presence. And then other than that, our biggest problem, our absolute biggest problem over the last couple of years, I think you will remember this, is our three-point shooting. We have not been able to hit the three. And the well, why do you system- think he put two fucking... Why do you think he put two trees in the way? That way we can get a bunch of... We're going to start focusing on rebounds. And we were. We were getting the rebounds. So we can take it to two-point land more often. Exactly. But they were able to be like, well, don't worry about the three, apparently, because they're not even hitting the open ones a lot of times. Right. And they were able to focus more on Prince, more on Sobley, and take that inside threat away. They were so good that they were a lot of times able to beat double teams and such. But it all would have been easier if we were able to hit the three. We That's the whole system for us. I mean, for everyone, but especially, especially for us. In I don't know. Team. I would focus, right? Shouldn't you just focus on the rebound game? So that I, way I mean, you're more opportunities for two points? Absolutely, you should. But you get the rebound. You still got three people around you. You pass it out because you're like, well, they're open. And you miss the three, and I'm telling you, that's what's like. That's what was happening, and and I mean, like that was when we had the talent to right. overcome that's everything to get these rebounds. We may not have that talent, or at least it's like we're hoping we do. It's less of a sure thing of a Sobley or a Prince now. So I hope we can get these rebounds and stuff. But we were missing the three, which is again the whole system is based around that. Kelly Graves' system. He says he gets offensive players and hopes to teach them defense. So if the offense isn't working, then the team is broken. That's what we've seen these last couple of seasons. Tahina Pau-Pau, great player, has not shot the best from long range. And then Enger Rogers, who is like... The team is like, if those two need to have a great season. They're the veteran players. They've had great play, just not throughout a whole year at Oregon anyways. They need to be really good. They need to be like borderline Sabrina Yanescu. And that is why it's a hard system. It's a hard game. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Here's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Please. How many years ago was Sabrina Yanescu? It was. It's been three years now. Four. Um, that sounds about right. Well, her final season, as we all know, was tragically cut short in for the COVID twenty twenty. Like they were going to the playoffs, right? To the March Madness, and then it was like boom, canceled. So that's right. That was the best team we'll ever have, probably. Right. Um. So if it's been that amount of time, Mm -hmm. that means. We're about due for the next round of Sabrina Ionescu's, but now instead of the one, hey. there's going to be twenty. That's what I'm saying, dude. I don't, I'm I think... telling you, soon we'll soon uh, basketball teams will just be all Sabrina Ionescu's and up. I'll agree. I'll tell you, like, I mean, not. Qu- I don't agree with that, but I, with oh. the sentiment, I'm saying in like thirty years. There will be yeah. a lot more people at Sabrina Yescu. I'm not yeah, saying exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Dude, this is like 
I'm talking like, long game here. There's more people. <laughs> I'm talking like, Ducks legacy. There's more people years from now. We need to be winning every year because our team, our no, backups Aaron, are fuck fourth. You. Fuck you. There's one Sabrina Ionescu is what I'm getting at. <laughs> fuck you. Oh, what do you think no. about that? I'm screaming Soon, fuck you we at will seven in the morning in my apartment. No, fuck you. But <laughs> you the... don't believe in genetic coding the human species? <laughs> okay, now now <laughs> we found the secret Nazi on the podcast. Oh shit, <laughs> um, that's dark. So yeah, like we're not like this is what I've been saying about Kelly Graves too. Is like if your system is built on like, well, once we get a Sabrina Ionescu. Once right. we get a Michael Jordan on the team, right. we should be able to win. Oh yeah, all you need is like just. <laughs> and it's like, like apparently, here's what I'm yeah. saying. We look the same level of talent, a different delivery of said talent. Mm. It's coming soon. No, 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 no. Not only that, we are getting. We are getting the best talent available in 2022. We have the number three oh, freaking class. I do I'm believe. I'm sorry. It I is did not. not that. That's you the made other it sound thing. like we. You made it sound like everyone was leaving and no one was coming. People are. I mean, no. Okay. Well, let me say that. Good point. Because I should say this. Um, we do have a slew of fresh talent. So th this is the other thing we're relying on, is maybe some of these very fresh faces that are some of the. Best talent in women's college basketball. Once again, Oregon is recruiting like tops in the nation. Uh, absolutely. Okay, great. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, actually, you did it perfectly because I was just about to go into that, but you were okay. like, but uh, you set me up actually brilliantly. Oh, so. there you go. Um, so that is the. <laughs> I win. He wins again. Ignorance <laughs> is bliss. Hey. I mean, this is why you're on the podcast, because you ask the natural questions that would, right. you know, precede these things. Sorry, sorry. Continue. Uh, no, it was I'm, I'm not even being facetious here. You set it up perfectly. <laughs> because I was getting pretty doom and gloom. And being yeah. like, all this talent coming in, and we're just, and they're just leaving. Right. But the talent is still coming in. So all the hopes, really, because we know what we got in all those other players— Pow Pow Rogers probably will play better. They had injuries too. A lot of injuries on the team last year. So with some luck there, with some improvement, they could get better. But really what it's all going to come down to are the new players. Uh, four players in particular, I would say. Because there's some transfers and such. But I think the Chance Gray from Hamilton, Ohio, five-star player. Grace Van Sluten, also from Ohio, five-star player. Uh, Jenna Asai, I believe that's how you say her name. Jenna Asai from Surprise, Arizona. Taylor Chavez is also from there. And oh. Kennedy Basham, which we brought up, uh, you mm -hmm. know, six foot seven. She's yeah. from Phoenix, four star. So if some of these players I mean, can catch Zona fire. is like a basketball state, absolutely. right? I mean, Stanford and Arizona are the two schools picked ahead of us in the Pac-12 because they are also bringing an elite talent. And, and, you know, competed for a national championship not long ago. Like, okay. we are in the best conference. We are recruiting with the best of them. So, it'll just really hurt my feelings if our offense isn't good. Now, Aaron, one last thing I want to cover about this team bef before we wrap up Quacksitball. Yeah. Is the season will be starting pretty soon here, actually. Our non-con. We will be covering it here. However, um, we had an exhibition game 
Now, this is against Carroll College. I have no idea what a Carroll College is. I can tell you it's it's not a basketball powerhouse. It's a team that we should kind of walk over. It All right. seems like someone's last name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good point. And they good, got a college. Very good point. Somebody I mean, gave them a college. It was like, here you go. Tax write-off. I'll tell you this, Aaron. I gar- I don't know anything about it. I guarantee you 100% that's exactly what it is. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but um, so good and bad news here. So right. is Cy and Van Sluten, as we just said, those two freshmen that we want to do well, did well in this game. Well, they were both 6 of 12, so they hit like, you know, 50% of their shots, and they both scored 12 points. Um, they had a good early showing. They led the team, which is a little disconcerting. And the thing that really frightened me, what have I been saying? Our three-point shooting was so bad. That's the, like, it's crucial to the game yeah, for but, us particularly. Well, I think maybe we should flip the script on that mindset and say, yeah. fuck the three points. We'll get them when we, we'll go for them when we need to. But let's focus on ball possession twos constantly. Well, Just I mean, always be moving it back. It's not Adam, there are there are coaches who have that mentality. Kelly Graves Adam, is not hold on. Kelly Graves is not that coach. So Kelly Graves, I'm not even saying you're wrong. But he's admitted to not listening. So maybe now I'm he saying is. Kelly Graves is this kind of coach. Is like I'm doing this, and I've done it to the highest level of success. If he's not doing that, if he's like, oh, well, I'm going to try to change my style, fire him immediately because literally you should go hire the coach who's actually good at that, and you should try that style. And I'm yeah. not even lying. So it's like, sure. but So it's like we shouldn't style it. We shouldn't do that. Or if we are going to try that, we should fire a coach to try to do that. But Can let I- me – End the podcast on this, Aaron, because this is what I'm saying. This is my biggest okay, climactic the, exclamation point. It's time for everybody's favorite segment of Quasketball, which is <laughs> the final word. The final word. Aaron, Yeah. this team is broken if we can't hit the three. Our team, in an exhibition match against a not-on-our-level team, a team with nowhere near our talent basically playing a different game the talent deficit is so large against them with our starters in we went three of 21 from three-point range in our first exhibition game this may mean nothing. We played a game already. Holy shit. It's an exhibition game, so it literally doesn't matter on the schedule. But they it was a game of basketball. They were living, breathing defenders that we have way better talent on. And we hit three of 21. This could mean nothing. It could also mean the entire Oregon basketball community wakes up and starts actually looking at Kelly Graves and being like, I think we may need to fire him. Meaning the entire Oregon Duck basketball community may finally be getting on Aaron Schroeder's level. And that is my final point. 
On that note, Adam, one point per minute. <laughs> Aaron Schroeder campaigning the whole game for the new basketball position. And we are back on quack. quack wow, quack. what a riveting conversation. I certainly would give $5 to the Quack 12 Patreon if I had it in my bank account. Now, Splash. Aaron, well, first of all, I want to say getting into this uh, this next one um, or getting into this next week of play, you know, roll call. We're actually doing knock on wood pretty good. Good injury wise. I mean, at least Chase Coda at least tweeted. Why are you talking about this dude? I know, I know, this is bad, but I just, just a little bit of a roll call, anyways. Chase Coda at least tweeted something on the line of like, I'll be back, Duck fans. Now, that doesn't mean like this next week or anything. Or uh, this Landing, next season. <laughs> yeah, well, I would I would hope he means, like, this season I will be back. We don't really know. He's like, straight up terminator like... us. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and uh, other than that, like, Taki Tamani hasn't been around since, like, UCLA. We don't really. That was last week, dude. This like, since. Yeah. Since, yeah. All the way back then. We don't really know what's going on with him. Like, there's, there's been no word. So, it, who's to say, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, he's doing really well. Hopefully, he just sat out for Cal. And then, other than that, though, because we had Jones on the O-line who missed this game. Uh, well, he's been, I don't think games. we've seen him since week two. Yeah. How, how do you think, because, uh, like, Harper is, is uh, standing in for him, Ryan? Uh, what do you, or well, it's, it's, on it's the O-line a, rotation, yeah. It's been a three-man rotation. At, at the, the the three, the, the two tackle in the center spot mm-hmm. don't change. Um, but it's been a three-man rotation at the guards where Harper plays left guard, Powers Johnson plays right guard, and then Walk will come in and replace one or the other of them. So he'll he'll play left guard with Powers Johnson on the right, or he'll play right guard with Harper on the left. Yeah, and, and like I mean, obviously the line's been great. So like uh, I don't know, I, I don't. I, I mean, the, we, don't have any. the the most the, the guys who have the lowest. Or, or the the worst error rate on my tally sheet are both Harper and Powers Johnson, but that's what mm-hmm. you would expect. They're the they're the kiddos. They're the yeah. they're the first time. This is the first time where they're getting like meaningful action in their careers. Um, it hasn't really uh, affected the Ducks negatively too much yet. But like, if you if you told me Oregon had a failed rushing play, why do you think that was? My first guess would be did Harper miss a block? You know. <laughs> And I would probably be right about 80% of the time. I get you. And there was a false start, I believe, on Paris Johnson. Yeah. Uh, not, there's not many penalties called on us, which is pretty nice yeah. to see. Uh, penalty rate's been been not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then in DJ Johnson appeared to, like he was hurt. He went out. Then he came yep. back in. Then he went out. Then it was garbage time. Yeah. That, that seemed to just be cramping. Same with Franklin. You know, I think the day okay. was probably hotter than they were expecting it to be. Um, you know, because it's October and it's the Bay Area, but like the Bay Area is d- d- difficult to predict. You know, yeah. so, so we don't we don't need to talk about injuries anymore. I just yeah, want right. to say I think that's I think that's all I know of. Right? I mean, and there's probably like further in the depth chart that you know we wouldn't have seen them on the field anyways, but they're recover- like 
or people who've been out all season. Not talking about that necessarily. Well, the exciting just, one yeah. in, 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 in if you're a real offensive line geek um, and you mm. watched all the way through to garbage time is seeing Bram Walden on the field in garbage yeah. time, who we hadn't really seen much of before. That guy has basically been hurt his entire time at Oregon. Mm. And for him to be healthy enough to play you know, you know, live game and didn't look bad. You know, I, I haven't analyzed the, the garbage time tape yet. That's that's going to be an off season project. But like just casually watching, I didn't think he was getting humiliated out there. Um, that was great that that I mean, and his measurables and um, just, the you know, the the film room training that he's been getting because he's been injured. Um, mm. uh, like that dude's a potential starter next year. And so him being healthy enough to play right now, that made me really happy. Nice. That's cool. And, and yeah, I mean, next year we'll we won't have the same offensive line. That's for sure. So yeah, that's good yeah. to hear. Um, Aaron, I do believe it is now time for us to go into one of the most favorite segments on this podcast. Bottom eleven. That is right. The Oregon Ducks are at the very tippy tippy top of the Pac-12. But what about all those other ones? Well, they're the bottom 11. And Aaron and I, we did make last More week's... Yeah, yeah. We did make last week's picks. I'm just going to rip this Band-Aid off right now, Aaron. Even though Hithley I'm, said... Because you were, you were kind of... You weren't close, but you were like, okay, you're, you're making gains, right? On me. And... Uh, to a degree. Hithley gave you the advice, hey, don't don't go crazy this week. He said something like that, like you know, like you you yeah. almost got it. Make some reasonable picks, and you basically, I think that spurred you the other way. It's <laughs> my like, fault, is what you're saying. I uh, kind of think, so. yeah, like telling him not to do something immediately made uh, him do something because you chose I'm a terrible parent for Adam. For basically, yeah, yeah. Well, you never know. You I, never know, Adam. You have to go with the moment, and sometimes, and you just have to allow uh the space that surrounds you to inform you and so that's that is one way or you can you know use logic and reason things out and, and well guess who's gonna do it yes but but there are many factors in the game of football mm -hmm. that aren't just ones and zeros hearts that's one and you really went with your heart your heart was a moron though this last week because <laughs> You chose the underdog in every single situation except for the Oregon game, though you toyed with the idea of going with Cal. Yeah, I sure I did. Got it here. You did toy with the idea. I crossed that out and wrote Oregon. If you would have gone with Cal, you would have been a perfect 0 for 5. Instead, you wow, were 1 Wow, I did for that five. bad? Yeah. You this only season got is a walk this weekend. Although there were some games. Games. Oh, yeah. Like, you almost look like a damn genius. Yeah, there. I mean, I, in like three or three of these uh, five games, you know, the underdog almost pulled it off. You, you almost oh. looked like you, you almost made a huge swing. So, I mean, credit to you okay. there. Um, but I, on the other hand, Adam Chanel went the coward's route. And that got me five points because, again, it, it did go complete shock. Does that remind you of any other systems we might be informed by on a daily basis? Mm. No, I don't really know what you're talking about. But let's mm. um, get into these. <laughs> so, whew, so there was Utah Wazoo. This one, I you went with Wazoo. And it was so funny because this is a Thursday game. Immediately. That seems right to me. Uh, well, immediately I was like. 
<laughs> the game starts, and I was like, oh, damn. Aaron called it, and Aaron's about to get every single game right. Because, like, everyone, everyone was out for Utah. Or at least, I mean, Cam Rising. That was the huge one. It was just okay. announced. Like, clearly, no one really knew what was going on. And apparently, it game. happened during warm-ups. Or, like, mm. he thought he was going to be good to go during warm-ups, but whatever issue was bothering him just was continuing to bother him throughout warm-ups and he apparently just said to coach Whittingham like no nah, I'm a scratch tonight I think that's cool that wow like, Whittingham didn't like throw him out on the field because that's honestly kind of what I think he would do but no he listened to him listened to his QB and so you know suddenly they don't have him out um and so so that was pretty horrifying and they had a couple other players here. I mean Dalton Kincaid leaves this game after scoring a touchdown uh in in like is end up wearing a he actually sling. hurt on one play and then yes. they put him back out there and they then he did. looked like he got hurt for another play and I was like it was clear know, so everything you just hurt. said nice about Whittingham listening to rising yeah very good point like, <laughs> No, that's a very good point because it was it was clear to anyone watching the game. It was like, oh, he just got messed up, and then it was surprising he was back out there, and he just gets drilled. It was honestly, if it, yeah, aren't you supposed to sit out a play after a big hit like that? I mean, isn't, there, arguably, isn't that a rule? Yeah. I mean, in the head, the, they will yes make you do that, or if your helmet's off, but not if, in general. No, they'll be like, no, you need to be a man. Oh wow! There. But uh, it was definitely. It felt like, well, we got one more play out of you in this whole season, so why don't you go out there and score us a touchdown? It's kind of what I read it as. But uh, he goes out there and scores a crucial touchdown because with all the uh, injuries and stuff like that, Bryson Barnes, backup quarterback for Utah, is able to lead the Utes to a 21-17 to victory over Wasson. Wow. Uh, wow! Yeah, it, it was. I mean, this. I mean, frankly, like Utah's resilience in this game, despite like all, you, you didn't yeah. even mention all the injuries and, and absences they had, it was kind of crazy. A lot, and like playing in Pullman on a weeknight, like not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a reason why I said, even though I didn't know about all these things were going to happen, I I said like this is my my wacky game of the week. Wacky, wacky, hith pick of the week. Lock <laughs> it down. He's wow. mad. It's got to be a drop. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, I just talked over half of it. Yeah, um, I know you just ruined it there, but I'll get it next you, week. You'll have to practice in the mirror. I'll get it um, clean next week. Don't worry. Like, uh, I mean, Utah's, you know, resilience in this game is is impressive. This game was much more about Wazoo just absolutely self-destructing. Um, <laughs> like, just that was maybe the – and, like, their defense was good enough to, you know, to, to hold Utah yeah. to, Utah's offense to, like – it was winnable. If there, if if Wazoo's offense were functional, then this was a winnable game for Wazoo in these circumstances. But like, it wasn't because Wazoo's offense was just so bad. Like their play calling was just <laughs> atrocious. I don't really think too highly of Cam Ward, but he does a few things fairly well. But Eric Morris, their offensive coordinator, was not letting him do the things that he does well, hmm. and instead was like calling all these plays behind the scrimmage that were not working. Like not just either he was expecting Utah's defenders to get run off, which they were not running off yeah. because they were like, "I know this is just going to be a screen pass because all you're calling are screen passes." And mm-hmm. sure enough, it was a screen pass, or 
you know, it's like, okay, well, I'll get somebody to block. And then that blocker sucks because they're Washington State two stars, right? Like yeah. that's whole their whole deal is they they get like these two stars who are like they're they're like they're made out of paper. You know, they're mm. they they flit they flit about in the breeze like a beautiful piece of paper, and then yeah. when you hit them, they collapse. You know, yeah. like like paper mache um and so like of course they can't hold up to like you know the utah defenders like smashing them at a million miles an hour and it was just like the the worst play call over and over and over again it was so stupid i lost so much respect for that team watching that game and it's like i had any rooting interest or anything i just hate seeing stupidity and ugh. And, it, and it was obvious because i can tell you like just the general twitter sphere even um was clearly being like what what are with what the hell is with all these screens is this all they had like defense uh utah's defense is just teeing off this is exactly what they would love for you to see and it's not like they were never hitting anything again like they were repeatedly hitting better throws against utah like you know there's if if i had to assemble if i if it were my job to make utah's secondary look bad by assembling a low light reel out of just this game mm-hmm. of just their bad plays i could i could just easily assemble like a five minute reel of utah <laughs> yeah. looking stupid in pass defense against you put Benny Hill? passing sure or i yeah, right uh but like well a i'm never gonna do that it's cruel and wrong and unrepresentative and unscientific but Aaron, b like uh, <laughs> but b like that was the minority of their plays you know instead it was just like let's do the stupid thing again <laughs> like, oh my god all right um oregon cal we both chose oregon oregon won good for us then it went to USC versus the University of Arizona. Oh boy, Aaron again! You chose the University. Trash fire. I mean, oh, certainly the Pac-12 refs. I'll tell you that much. Um, oh. USC versus and and we got to start this off by saying like Pac-12 refs hurt us all. There is no conspiracy. They like they hate football. Maybe that's the conspiracy. But like they just suck. They just plain suck. That is, that is truly okay. what it is. They hurt everybody. But in this game, there's some wackiness, including like USC right before the half could have gotten like a field goal or even like a touchdown attempt. Who knows? But probably like a field goal. Like certainly could have got more points. They, they didn't really have time to do anything other than run out the field goal team. To yeah. So goal. like very could, unlikely that they could have gotten more points that. at least. And but it was just truly like like absolutely bad like like wrong yeah, just a incorrect huge mistake yeah. a, a lot of times <laughs> fans when they think there's been a, an error with the, t- the 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 clock operation a lot of times fans don't precisely know the rules and it turns out the refs did it right nope I, I can tell you they 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 definitely screwed up on this one they oh, should yeah. not have wound the clock at it the was clear i mean to yeah. anyone watching it was just like they just started the clock when it shouldn't have and it made it so they didn't have enough time to hit the to even attempt the field goal and it was just were to spike the ball, which was the, yeah. with the, with they were they were lining up to spike the ball because they should have had eight seconds left, which would have been enough time to line up, spike the ball, stop the clock, and then line up and kick a field goal, which is almost certainly what they would have right. done. Yeah, and, and they were, and then like, and so obviously Lincoln Riley was just furious, which made sense because he's he should be that furious. And then, but there was other you know, calls not in this get... game, and and even Arizona 
got one that where they got screwed over really bad. Oh yeah, they definitely did. They got screwed over by a roughing the passer call or a was some sort of roughing call that was like w- ridiculous. They just like barely interesting, barely interesting. touched him as he was like already in the air and like like he didn't even hit the ground or anything and it extended a drive. This was a close game. I mean like USC was like the better team, but they fucked up enough where it's like, well, Arizona can, Arizona still got a chance. Arizona still got a chance. Um, USC's defense ain't good. It ain't good. And it allowed Arizona to do what they do. And also an amazing performance from Singer. Uh, like they're uh, the receivers. Yeah, there are a couple of just like bonkers catches. But and Arizona he, he, had a lot of injuries he, too. He had some I mean, bonkers USC. catches against Oregon too, and Oregon put that mm-hmm. game away in the second quarter. He's a he's a great receiver. Yeah, and um, USC had some like key injuries too. Like obviously Addison's been out for a while, but um, they also Williams was out. I mean, Rice probably in their offense. It yeah, was they. It, well, it, it Gentry was, a, was out. It was a Lincoln Riley took three quarters to figure out that Arizona has the worst rush defense in the country. Mm. And all he needed to do was run the ball to keep the ball out of Arizona's hands. Like he didn't somehow he didn't realize this just from watching Arizona's tape or the blueprint that Oregon gave him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And B, they couldn't stop, you know, Arizona's passing attack. Like, you know, if if USC's not collecting interceptions, they just don't have a d- defense. Um uh, you know, yeah, it's just USC is a very, you know, beatable team. And, and like, you know, and this is even in a game where like USC won the turnover battle, you know, like, they, you know, Arizona did throw one pick and, and USC threw zero. So. Which is different than what Aaron called. Aaron specifically called that Arizona would, I believe he said they would collect one fumble and two interceptions. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing so. Yeah. Oh, I did say some shit. They did not. Yeah, it did not happen. I wish um, they probably would have won if that would have happened. I went too deep. Yeah, let's get into the next one. But but again, you were close. It was a one score game. Shift. You were close. I mean, this was ultimately a one score game. You could you almost did if, it. And like, and, and like you know, a couple bounces go a different way, or a couple other dis- decisions get made. Like Arizona definitely could have won this game. This one, you were high off your ass. Um, and you said Colorado, and then you're like, no, and you made me cross it out, and then you went, no, 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 Colorado. Because you just went all out with it at that point. Arizona State won this game because Colorado. I mean, Colorado is, I mean, is better than this they was look. Same margin of victory, exact same margin of victory as the last game that we talked about, in which we just went all in on Arizona could have won this game. So, like, yeah, yeah, true. Now, you're still right, though. Arizona State was much better. Like, they put this game into garbage time. Colorado got like a late punt return touchdown um, mm. that made the game look closer than it was. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, I mean I, I hey, don't... ultimately it was still only decided by eight points. There you go. The, there's that game, and then uh, UCLA Stanford. I even had like a little parlay going on like a three dollar bet, and it was like gonna pay off. I was actually doing pretty well. I was like, oh yeah, I'm cooking with fire. But I, I thought Stanford was gonna be able to, to kind of, not actually like hang or make it close, but like stay within the spread absolutely not ucla wow stanford's starting to so what happened to stanford last year is that it was a bad team that then started getting a ton of wide receiver injuries and and that was like the one thing that they were good at it was 
you know, the, the one aspect of play that was good for Stanford was throwing the ball to some pretty good wide receivers. And then mm-hmm. literally at one point, all four of their top receivers were out at the same time. Um, like it was just crazy. So like it made a team that was bad. Like everybody was right to say that it was a bad team, but it made them look like absolutely horrendous in a way that was sort of like, eh, it's not quite fair to say that. So the same thing is happening to them this year. Um, where mm. except at running backs, like they are now down to walk ons, um, at running back, like it's really bad yeah. what's happening to a running back. And running back had you know, their rushing performance had actually been okay, you know, this year. Um, it was you know, like it was starting to look like something that might have been dependably able to to keep, keep you know, lower possession games and make things a little more interesting. But like, I mean, they're just out like everybody right now, and so again, it's making a team that's bad make no mistake about it look absolutely horrible so yeah i don't know what to do with that information but that's where how beautiful is it though that their one bullshit upset was against not only not us but against someone not even in the pac 12 and so i mean like notre dame's not good but like Mm -hmm. Notre Dame should have beaten this Stanford team. I mean, like, I like they came within one crazy pass of beating Oregon <laughs> yeah. State, too. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, that's true. And Arizona State, though Arizona State's not like great, but they're not a garbage fire. Like Arizona State still got at least some talent. X Valaday's at least fun to watch. Um, and then yeah, so that is that. It was, I'm up forty six to thirty seven. <laughs> I don't know. You're Say that one more time. I'm up 46. You got 37 points. I feel like I'm playing with myself here, Aaron. Well, the problem is... I heard it. I'm in that space where I know too much. Okay. Yes, that definitely strikes me as your problem. problem I think that is the problem. Yeah, it's, it's... I can no longer just flow with the situation. Now I have an education you should <laughs> this is a little learning is a dangerous thing phenomenon honest you know drink i'd be fascinated to know what the brain spring. does when it doesn't know how to count or read mm. um you know what i mean you you don't have a twitter account but honestly now is the time for you to join twitter more than ever with what's going on there with these oh yeah these facts yeah with these facts you're spouting out Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah oh, you yeah, mean yeah, it's yeah. never been a better time to be an ignoramus on Twitter than right yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's get into the next segment, shall we, Aaron Schroeder? The pig. The picks. That is right. It's the picks. Woo-woo. Okay. I'm coming back. You're coming back, maybe. Probably not. The problem is that you're choosing the wrong picks well the problem is i have to depend on you to be wrong whoever you pick mm-hmm. uh never mind well yeah i can't so explain yes, that is the nature of giving up <laughs> you can't explain yeah it. you just did <laughs> thank you i can't explain it you wouldn't get it you're too much of a dumbass <laughs> doesn't need explaining yeah, yeah, yeah. All, right, um, <laughs> all right here we go here i'm in a perfect headspace i'm gonna do great i'm gonna go five five here we go okay how many games are there i guess there are six, six. so you're already Everybody's wrong in action great this week yeah great um number plenty of, plenty of makeup number 24 oregon state hey there you go this is a friday game mm. 
Number 24, Oregon State at Washington, 7.30 p.m. Aaron, you should get tickets. This is going to be a fun game, hopefully. I This is actually going to be a good game. Uh, Oregon State's secondary, in some instances, has been a strength. I don't know where they're at right now, but I mean, I at least remember what they did against USC in Corvallis, anyways. Washington seems to be like the strength of their team if they can throw the ball well, which is pretty good, especially at home. But I would like the Oregon State Beavers to win this. This game is kind of a toss up. I would, and it's in Seattle, so I'm just going to go with my heart. I'm going with the Beavers. I'm going Huskies. Going Huskies. That's, I mean, that's safe enough bet. Yeah. Aaron, uh, Hilly, who do you see that winning this game? This should this should be a fun watch, honestly. I, it should be a close Washington win. I, I am not actually, I mean, I'm going to be watching this game like a hawk because Oregon's still got to play both of these teams. Yeah. And this is definitely going to be the best game in terms of, like, quality film um, that I'm going to get for either of these teams. So I'm definitely going to be watching it closely. Um, I think that Oregon State's pass defense is not quite as good as it looks on paper and that Washington mm-hmm. should probably um, be able to shred them and I and like the opposite I don't think is true I don't think the Oregon State's offense is as good um, as it has been in, in recent years I don't I think the Branson is a great quarterback I don't think that their uh, running attack is as lethal as it has been in previous years so like Washington and they're at home is the other thing you know it's games in Seattle so like Washington should have the edge here, but if Oregon State wins, it's not like I'm going to fall out of my chair. Um, that that would be, you know, a very plausible outcome to this game too. I get you. All right, and then we got the next one, number eight, Oregon at Colorado. Heavily favored Oregon. Um, I'm going with the Ducks. What about you, Aaron? Going Ducks. That's good. Are you sure? This is a, a chance for you to pull away because I chose the Ducks. Aaron. I swear to God. <laughs> Think about it. This would be one of the biggest upsets in college football history. You know, at least top hundred. I could maybe. go with Colorado. Probably. Not. I could go with Colorado, but I think to do so, it would mean that there would have to be some major bad news for the Oregon Ducks. Even then, I still. Uh, think and so I do would. not want to put any of that kind of yeah. uh, vibe into the atmosphere. Yeah, so okay. we're sticking with it. Well, that's good to hear. Okay, Washington State at Stanford. I mean, hearing Hithaday really break down his thoughts on Washington State. I mean, I watched this game too. I mean, these these two teams right now, <laughs> yeah. like might be the two worst teams in the conference. Like, like I don't even think that Cal and Colorado is bad or as bad as these two teams are playing right now. Yeah. Um, this dang, this is a gnarly one. Um, I these are are these the two worst offenses? Would you say they're they're definitely the offenses that are making the stupidest choices. There you go. Um, I'm going to go with the slow dread of the slow mesh winning this one. I'm going with Stanford. Oh. Who's the other team? Wazoo. I've already forgot. Wazoo. Oh, yeah. I'll go with Washington State. I mean, this then. one is a pretty, like, toss-up. I, I mean, Let her go. <laughs> yeah, I, anyone who's confident in their pick in this one, I, I don't you know. You ever played that game where you shoot an arrow directly up into the air and then... See 
try to be not the person who it falls on. You only play that that's game what once. That's what this is. Yeah. The, I did it with Londars back in the day. But. Okay, and then we got... Wait, Aaron. Well, hold on. Who did Aaron decide to go with in this game? He went with Wazoo. Right. Wazoo is favored on the road in this game, so good yeah. pick, Aaron. I felt like Stanford. Huh. I felt like Stanford. Um, Arizona at number 12, Utah. I... Because I got such a huge lead, and for the sake of making an entertaining podcast, I'm gonna go with the underdog that I think has has a shot, especially considering all the injuries. Um, it's at Utah. That's brutal. But crazier things have happened. I would love for Arizona to win. I am gonna go with Arizona, and I'm also gonna go with Arizona. <laughs> no, Aaron. Aaron, that makes no sense. Okay, are you gonna lock it in? <laughs> are you gonna lock it as your final shot? Do you want a Utah or Arizona? Um, I mean, look, am I supposed to play the game according to the rules? Yes, and so I'm supposed to pick Utah. The rules, the rules don't. Hey, there's no, no you rule. Know you, you know what, Adam? You Aaron is 100 percent right. The magic of having Aaron on this program is that he will say something zany that we all laugh at, and then he turns out to be right, and we're like, "Oh no, Aaron has magic powers." So stop interfering. Yeah. And this would and make let, right like too, the, so. the Godhead speak through yeah. Schroeder. I think it's funny. Look, I think. I I spent a whole year hating on Arizona. I'm, you know, you know. It, it's just more. It's funny that I choose someone that's a clear underdog, and yeah, you're yeah, so yeah. behind in points. Yet you're right. like, well, I know this. Like that, it's, it's funny. yeah, exactly. That's the Aaron, joy. What is picking. your reasoning? Why do you? Th- what is going to happen in this game that causes Arizona? I think we heard his reasoning. He was mean against them, and now he feels bad. But, but you're not going to be also... at this game, so like, what's going to happen at the game? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a game of fumbles. Okay. That's for sure. Hmm. And uh, that's kind of about it. I think it's literally just going to be Adam was kind of right. It's just going to be Arizona just somehow does good. Game of fumbles. That's fair enough. Hey, backup quarterback. Back up running back. There was a random fumble, unforced fumble in this last game they played against Wazoo that mm. gave Wazoo the opportunity to possibly win it if their offense wasn't so oh. shit. So there you go. Hey, there you go. Maybe they'll have to See, I wasn't even paying attention to you when you were talking about that either. Really? You weren't paying attention? <laughs> Shame. Really? I wow, that blew my mind. Huh. Okay, let's uh, get into the next one. Number 10 UCLA at ASU. I mean, this would be the ultimate fuck you to the Pac-12. Even though UCLA is going to the Big Ten eventually, it would fuck over the Pac-12 so hard for ASU to just beat UCLA. I don't think they're going to. Um, UCLA is like, they know what they are, and they lean into it, and DTR is 300 years old. He's somehow older than us. Um, Yeah, I know UCLA is going to win this game, but it would be funny if ASU won. Nope. Potato Chirp is uh, silent as a church mouse, in my opinion. This is going to be Arizona State all day. Okay. And then, um, all right. There you go. And then uh, let's wrap it all up. Final one. Cal at number nine. USC. USC has looked kind of like they're ready to lose to any Pac-12 program in one sense. Like, they have kind of been a little wobbly. They've been, like, ready to get down in the grime and play, like, with anyone. 
their offense is good, but it's like you are starting to. I mean, like, people would have made fun of Day for diving into, like, USC's roster too much. He's like, well, we don't got to talk about wide receiver depth. We got so many amazing. It's like, yeah, we do got to talk about wide receiver depth because now, like, three are, you know, have been hurt in the la- or, you know, missed time in the last game. I want to be clear. I am not hurting them. He's not hurting them, but, mm, you know. I'm just gonna say. I promise. He claims he's not hurting these. Oh, people. he promised. That means he is. Yeah, I know. That's what I feel too. Uh, he is crossing his fingers. I can see him at home. I got a camera. Uh, but USC, yes, USC is like mortal. Cal is bad. Like I'm not gonna pump it up all that much. Cal is, Cal is bad. I mean, we just saw them against the greatest team in the world, mind you. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, Cal's offense ain't good. I'm going with USC. All right. We'll see, because I took the one where I agreed with you. I know. Just to be funny. <laughs> I knew you did, and one. it was funny, but it was And stupid. now I'm screwed, because I need to go against you to get the points, but I should obviously agree with you on this one, because you're right. But, Cal. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> was a... I'm burning in this season's picks, and so I'm just going to keep it the burn. I appreciate your commitment to the bit, because that's really what um, Adam, yeah. Yes. Are you ready to get a cleaner court? Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here we go. This is my wacky pick of the week. Hitlerday's wacky pick of the week. <laughs> this smells Taco Tuesdays. Shut it down. Do you know where your kids are? All right, let's do it. Uh, that was great. Yeah, keep that. Was great. Uh, yeah, I mean, USC is favored by 21 and a half at home, and there's no way that they cover that. It, it, they're going to win this by like a field goal at the last minute. Um, wow. This is such a bad matchup for USC. Um, like having to do all this film study in the way that Cal plays defense, it's like the perfect matchup for the way that USC plays offense. Wow. Like they are utterly dependent on explosive rushing. Cal doesn't let you have explosive rushing. They are utterly dependent on hitting deep shots. Cal doesn't let you take deep shots and USC's best deep shot receivers are out. Um, they Cal is vulnerable to a really clever offensive coordinator who's, who is either patient enough to do methodical running, that's not Lincoln Riley, or is good enough at manipulating you know, the defense in order to take short passes and go long, which maybe that is Lincoln Riley. Um, it will be interesting to see him try to do that. Like, I think he will eventually round into shape because I do think he's a good play caller and will eventually figure this stuff out. But, like, he's not a great game planner. Like, he sort of, he does this stuff by the seat of his pants, uh, I think. And, like, sometimes there are, like, obvious matchup advantages that he has that he doesn't figure out until late. And I say this not just from watching the USC film, but remember I had to watch all that Oklahoma film last year because we're going to play him in the, the uh, Alamo Bowl. And, like, I was frequently unimpressed with his game planning and that he would eventually around into winning a game through like talent advantages and being like a good seat of his pants play caller but not like game planning stuff um that i was really unimpressed with out of him and then on top of that like usc's big defensive you know weakness is their secondary will give up deep passes and what did we just see jay Palmer yeah. do you know and, and i've been saying he does all season long they're the one good part of their offense you know and also their rush defense stinks they've cal's got a great running back in, in, in jade yeah. not like who can make some magic happen like um again i'm not saying Holy cal's gonna shit. win this game but like it's 
it's going to be like a three point game. And I'll remember this is like seven thirty at night. You know, this is going to be like a you know a late oh, like ten thirty at night or whatever. Like, Al's going to win or not quite look ahead. I, I don't but... know about win and like it may be that USC like pulls away late, so it's like you know like it's like three points with like six minutes left to play, and then USC t- turns it into seventeen points, and they're like, oh, nothing sure. to see here, guys. But everybody yeah. who watched it knows. Um, yeah, the this ref is does a nightmare. phantom uh targeting or something that favors us and plus like the like even though cal season is almost like i think they're almost technically out of a bowl contention like the mm-hmm. the other thing about wilcox is that like he's he runs a pretty disciplined ship like his players don't like quit in the middle of the season just because like their goals are like this is not cal is not usc cal is not arizona state they're not one of these teams that are like oh we can't win well pff, i'm going home like now nah, that's not cal they're gonna play hard you know, in this game, I, I love it. I love this chaos energy. I need to run out of this recording session, but uh, this has been a fantastic time. Once again, at addicted to quack over at addicted to quack.com is where you can find duck dives, duck tapes, all these duck centered articles that are fantastic ways to actually learn about this team. Find Hitler work over there. Um, and at Quack 12 Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Quack 12 Patreon is where you can help us out. And over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify is where you can give us five stars, help other people find us. Aaron, any last-minute words before I hit stop? I think the referees are contorting the games in order to get to overtime. There you go. Doesn't make sense, but those are the because you Deal. think they get paid time and a half in oh, overtime? Guys. Yeah. Over, you think they get paid <laughs> they get overtime, overtime. In overtime? Oh, that is a great theory. Because right. they get overtime. Let's see y'all next week.